Episode 91 of the 580 show. The boys are back and buzzing. What's up, boys? What's up, man? Jason oh. Frawley, you're you're back. I'm back, baby. You're back. You're, you're uh you're you're pretty fired up for 8:50 in the morning. I love it. This yeah, Riley Riley was saying some dumb shit before he got started, so he got my yeah. blood boiling now. Hey, it's when it's football season, Riley's saying some stupid shit. That's yep. that's a lock. That's all it takes. That's your opinion. We agree on almost everything until we find something we disagree on, and then Riley's the stupidest person I've ever met. Me and Riley That's much how it goes. Me and Riley disagree on almost everything. Yeah. That's pretty true. Also, we have Riley and I have new aspirations past strongman and fitness. And it is and for all you weren't at Strongman Saturday yesterday, but this is my new obsession is taking over a high school football program and just rebuild it from the ground up. So that's my new obsession. We'll probably be talking about that on the 580 show once once we find a program that'll let us take it over. But for now, we'll continue to talk about strongman and strength sports. So I mean you're already you're our D coordinator for all so you're yeah, I'm in. Let's do you're it. Locked in, you and Nick Farantino. Dante's JV coach, but he doesn't even get to stand on the sidelines on Saturday on Friday nights. He's the he's the line guy. He's the get back guy. <laughs> we, already, get- we already said yeah, it. He's the get back guy. I have my whole staff. What's psychotic about it is I've already like planned like four to five speeches for different scenarios already <laughs> that I have memorized. This is, this is how crazy this guy is. So, but anyway, episode 91 of the 580 show. I'm just happy to be back with my OG boys. Um, we got some stuff to talk about. There's strongman's kind of in that weird downturn right now where we they did have clash of, of Waco. Um, yesterday I saw Mike Connor, Mike O'Connor, I believe is how you, his last name, but he won. Um, and those are the same, same events as the other regional shows. But other than that, I mean, everyone's either prepping for nationals or OSG, right? you know, and, and it's kind of seems historically in strongman that, um, after nationals and OSG, that's that's kind of the off season for everyone. It's you right. know you have the Arnold in the spring, but that's only a handful of people going to compete there. It seems you know like the winter time is really kind of when everything kind of turns down. Everyone's just training off season and then ramp back up for spring summer shows and then the bigger shows in the fall. Sure, so, yeah, it's it's hard to run shows too during the holidays like Thanksgiving, yeah. Christmas, New Year's, so. Um, it, it makes sense. It's understandable. Yeah. Speaking of that, we got our show on December 10th. Yeah. Speaking of idiots who would run shows. Right, in, right in the middle of all the holidays. Yeah. yeah okay. But it's like that. <laughs> I, I that think we're all right. Time. We sold, I think we There's sold plenty out of time. everything. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm really excited. Um, it's getting closer and closer because the questions are starting to flow in like crazy. And um, we've had our first couple dropouts. Um, so it's it's getting there. I'm really excited for that show. I just I want every show we do to get bigger and better. So Pooler Express on December 10th. Um, and, and yeah, a lot of Christmas lights, a lot of Christmas themed events. They actually their guys down at the gym. Willie was down at the gym last night for Ollie. Yeah, he and, told me he was there. Yeah, they were doing the sandbag event, the snowman. Yep. And it was actually like the first couple times I saw the snowman sandbags getting built. It was pretty cool. It actually looks pretty good. Yeah. He sent me some videos. It looks pretty good. Yeah. It kind of so, does look like a snowman. Yeah, right. It really does. 
Yeah, so, so, yeah. So if anyone has any questions about Polar Express, there's over 10 people still on the wait list. So, I mean, if you want thrown on, that's good. I don't know if you'll get in now at this point, um, but but you can at least try. Um, and if you anyone's interested in volunteering, just let me know. Another another thing I wanted to talk about is we 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 had an episode where we talked about nationals when the events came out. Yep. And and rather, I know you're not doing nationals, but you kind of see the the prep and all the events and everything. But uh, I think these six events are like torturous. They're freaking rough. Yeah. They're they're rough. They're brutal. I don't think we ever exclaimed how difficult they are. I mean, it it is hard to say without the experience of doing them. And now that we've been doing them for maybe six ish weeks, you know, it's, it's getting into like Dante said yesterday, he's getting into those dog days where it's got a month left of training. If you you deload the week before nationals, you got a month left of training four weeks. Yeah. So you're getting to that point where everything's getting hard and everything feels heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Like a max axle is the least taxing event by far, in my opinion. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I really That's do. Scary. I actually think I think the two quote unquote static, right? The the axle well, and the deadlift, uh, the yeah. farmers farmers axle. Those are probably the least two taxing. And even the deadlift, though, like if you're Correct. repping out, yep. you're doing it. You're doing a rep of the farmers. Then yep. you're doing a rep of the second farmers. And then if you're in the upper third of your class, you're doing four yep. to eight to 10 reps yep. on that bar. Yep. I mean, that's so, a lot. You're doing, you're doing, you know, double digit reps. Yep. yep. But it's like, so, if you look at nationals last year versus this year, event wise, um, it, it was a lot less taxing last year. In my right. opinion, we started with a max log. Me and Dante zeroed it. So all we had to do was clean a log, Yeah, but, but we did a max log and then, um what was second oh then deadlift was second for reps and then sandbag toss sandbag toss is not that fatiguing and then day day two was um what do we start with axle both missed so we only had to clean that too and then and then um it was a wheelbarrow and it was only it was only 60 feet and then a yoke down and back but you look at this year okay we start with a max axle. Okay, same format as last year, just a different implement. Max log, max axle, pretty comparable. Okay, and then we go. What's the second event? It's the farmers. 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 Yep. The 160 feet farmers, and it's heavy. Those are taxing. People, I think people are sleeping on the farmers, and then you stop that and you go into a medley where you carry sandbag down into a sled. Run back, sandbag down into a sled, and then backwards sled drag. Okay, that's a grueling event. Yep. And then day two is the deadlift, dead which we just talked about. And then five bag sandbag over shoulder, which I don't think a lot of people are going to finish. Yeah. My class is heavier than OSG bags, I believe. Is it really? I think the only, I think OSG may have one heavier, but I think ours are. I can't remember, but but ours is heavy. I'm going to be shocked if a lot of people finish that. Yeah, and that one's – I'm interested to see how it's judged because 
I mean, some of these bigger bags, unless you pick them vertically, like a 350 bag, no matter how hard I try, I can't make that bag go over my shoulder, like through here, right? Yeah. Unless I pick it vertically and throw it this way, right? But right. if that's not how you pick it, then well, I don't, I mean, even if you do like the push across that people do, where they push it across their face and like try to get it up over that way, it still ends up like falling down to your bicep. So like, yeah, I actually want to be see, curious. I want to see if Strongman Corp they they did, um, um, they did answer. So Kate Gutwald actually asked on the Facebook page mm-hmm. how they're going to be judging the sandbag over shoulder because you nailed it on the head. It that is so hard to judge. I should yeah, I should send them my videos I did yesterday because the first yeah. set like half of them are like eh yeah they're the not second, over. Yeah, in the right. second set, it's, like it just I did depends that. Depends how they're gonna judge it, right? Because okay, if you get a middleweight like Dante, right, and he's doing a he's doing a two sixty five bag over his shoulder, is it get fifty percent over his shoulder? You know, because that bag's so long, it's not possible unless you just do the Tyler Gustafson and just put it straight over your face. Yeah. So. She said, do they, how are you guys going to be judging? And they said, um, you do not need a down command. The sandbag has to go clearly over the shoulder and fall behind you. If you twist and it goes to your side, that is a no rep. If the lowest point of the sandbag does not go over the shoulder height, that is a no rep. Yeah. Um, it's so if, okay, a couple things. I want your guys' opinion on this too. And Zola actually brought it up, and I think this is a really good point that the other nationals does. Instead of, and I think there's pros and cons to it, but at, at strongman court, um, you go against guys in your class in each lane. So if, if it's six lanes, it's six lightweights for me, six heavyweights for Frawley, it's six middleweights yeah. for Dante. Right. At USS Nationals, your class is all in one lane. Okay, and now what I like about that is that your judge for your class is the same. It's the same judge. And when you get to an event like this that is dicey, you lane one may have a guy, hey, dude, that's good enough for me. Lane four may have a hard ass that's – Say noob. Yeah. Right. That's – That's a good point. Yeah, but, I- I think I think the important part is just consistency in the judging. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter how you judge it as long as everyone's judged the same way. That's my opinion. I would like to think for nationals that they make it very clear that everybody has to judge the same way, but I guess you never know. And I mean, yeah. going last year from a spectator perspective, I the judging was pretty consistent. I'm I, sure I'm sure yeah. people could say that there were individual cases where they felt like it wasn't, but overall from That's going to happen. Yeah, yeah like but, overall it was it was pretty good, so what also is good about strong, like about nationals, is it's going to be primarily, if not a hundred percent, state chairs judging. So you are getting. I'm not saying that state chairs are elite by any means. They're just in this instance, they're more um, um, experienced, right? Yeah. So they've dealt with these type of events, stuff like that. Last year, when I went to nationals, I never felt like the judging was one sided or right. off at all. Like I really did. I was whatever lane I went in, I felt the exact same the whole time, which is great. That's how it should be. 
Right. Right. And now you go to a local show where there's a hundred people and maybe, you know, someone's dad had to jump in and, you yeah. know, uh, you know, that may be a little bit different. However, I will say the pro that I, that I think overweighs the consistent judging and going at this. I, I like going at the same time as my competitors is because it pushes you mm-hmm. because I remember last year, like, take the yoke race or the wheelbarrow race some somewhere where you're actually racing. So this year would be the farmers or the sandbag. When you see those peripherals or you hear the crowd cheering because someone's coming up behind you or, you know, it really does push you a lot more. So I'm curious, what what would you guys prefer? Like, what would, would you guys want to go in the same lane? Would you guys want to go at the same time as your competitors? Yeah. Head to head. I think the reason that I like the idea of different weight classes going at the same time in different lanes is because then everybody gets a little bit more of a consistent warm up. So instead of running one weight class at a time, you can have three lanes for the heavyweights, two lanes for the middleweights, and one lane for the lightweights, just as an example, right? You base it on the amount of competitors in each class. But for a competitive sake, I agree. I mean, you yeah. if you're if you're watching people that you're directly competing against going against you, then you're obviously going to be more motivated to get moving and whatever it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if I ran a nationals, I would, if I'm looking at it from, from being effective to getting guys in and out, in a in a timely manner, I would actually do it weight class per lane. Sure. Because, okay. You would put maybe the lightweight girls, the you know the first three girl classes all in the first lane now how much is their weight gonna vary not much right mm-hmm. you may have to bring in a second or third heavier sandbag but the way we the way we do it at strongman court and like i said there's pros and cons but my weight or think about ali's weight the right. lightweight 140 girl you know her first sandbag is 100 pounds what's your first sandbag for like 265 265 yep now that's a lot of movement, right? All day in right. the same lanes, and you're doing that in six different lanes, right? Yep. So yep. you're you're moving from a hundred pound sandbag in the first lane all the way up to a two sixty five across six lanes, and that's a lot of movement all day. Sure. You know, so unless they just keep them stand by, like get them battle the bridge, I'm sure they will. But it's still just moving a sandbag, man. Like. Even after just like just think about us yesterday, Dante at Strongman Saturday. Yeah. How heavy does that just two forty two bag feel when you're putting it back at the end of the day? You know, yeah. like if we didn't have that little thing, roller thingy, it would be miserable. I, right. I'm sure any strongman can relate that's done the sandbags. Dude, you can do a two hundred foot carry with a bag, but when it's time to put that back at the end of training, that thing feels like it's what's that sword that's in the Excalibur, Excalibur. sword? Yeah. yeah. I knew Dorky Dante would know that one. But Trying to put it back, like, I swear the weight increases by oh yeah. 50. Dude, at it's least. crazy. I thought Horrible. I tore my bicep trying to put a 200-pound sandbag back yesterday. I, I almost crushed. I believe it. But, yeah. I. But by going back to their response, if, if the – if you twist and go, I, I actually like if you twist and it goes to your side, it's a no rep because uh, people, that makes people sense. do that and it goes over like their bicep almost. Yeah. Now, when it says if the lowest point of the sandbag does not go over the shoulder height, that's a no rep. 
I like that. That's actually a good definitive term because do you guys understand what that means? Like, like, you know, if it's, if your shoulders right here, the end of the bag that's out here, it doesn't necessarily have to go over your shoulder. It has to be the same height. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Now the only time that would become an issue is if it's a floppy bag. Right. If, right. But I will say when we did throw bags last year, they had the crumb rubber in them mm-hmm. and they were like nice stiff bags. So if they make these bags stiff with yeah. the crumb rubber, it won't be an issue at all. Right. If it's floppy, then it will be an issue. Right. So that's, right. yeah. But I like that. That I mean, that at least, that at least, uh, you know, helps it helps out a little bit. But like, I mean, really, the only thing I was, um, I was trying to get to there is just how hard these events are. I, yeah. I, I think I it's mean, just an absolute brutal. grind. And it's nationals. Every, every show has their own hard events and everything like that. I just training these. These are the six hardest combination of events I've ever had to train. Yeah, I said to Nick the other Nick, and Nick's been on the show before, on the podcast before. I was talking to him about farmers, the farmers event, and I tried to do a comp run, and I was like, "That's probably the hardest thing I've ever done." Yeah, yeah. And like I, literally all of strength sports that I've ever done, including powerlifting, including the strongman shows I've done, that farmers is is really difficult. I mean, I did I did on six hundred sixty of the day with two eighty. For two brutal. sets and i just wanted to drop it every single time but it's like right. it's like one of those mentally things where you just got to push past it yeah yeah it's unique too and this is the last thing i'll say about it and if you guys have anything to add but it's last year was more was heavier in the max event so there's more zeros sure this year i think there'll be i don't think there'll be a lot of zeros but i think there'll be a lot of incompletions there'll be a lot of distance mm-hmm. taken you know what i mean Mm. is there one event that you guys have done so far that may have surprised you for better or worse arm over arm for me so i i have a good and a bad arm over arm i think is i'm doing better at it than i thought i would i'm really loving that event yeah um just training it's been fun i've never got to do it at a show um i'm enjoying training it's hard but i'm enjoying training and i'm PRing every time I do it, getting more efficient with it. We have the exact rope that they're using, which is nice. Right. Um, however, sandbag over shoulder. I was talking to a fellow competitor this morning, actually, you know, and he said he talked to a good guy in our class and they said that 40 seconds would be a competitive time. That's full of shit. There's no way that someone in my class is finishing that in 40 seconds. If they do, yeah. hats off. Because I can shoulder over or two and it 287 decently, but it's after four bags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I think people are looking at the numbers, but not looking at the event. Does that make sense? They're looking at individual numbers. Oh, I can shoulder all five of these bags, but they're not viewing, okay, I'm doing I've done four events prior this weekend, and there's four bags prior to the heaviest bag. And you gotta well, you gotta count walking to each bag too. That's gonna take a couple seconds. Well, I I don't know what I can tell you is I didn't really have much expectation set up, and then I saw Matt Webb do his sandbag ladder, and it wasn't quite comp weight, but it was very very close. Like, let's say for example, my class is two sixty five, two eighty seven, three ten, three thirty, three fifty, right? And he, let's say the three hundred bag, he had he, instead of a three ten, he had a three hundred and a three hundred for the two three hundred bags. He did that in 24 seconds. Wow. Now, hey man, obviously, maybe, 
obviously Maybe. that's going to be on the upper end, right? He very well could win the event. I mean, it was it was a smooth run. There probably is still a little bit of time in there for variation of the weights, but dude, twenty four seconds is freaking lightning fast. I mean, dude, if people in my class are finishing in forty seconds, hats off to them. You know, yeah, I mean, good for them. I just don't. I think there's going to be say there's thirty guys in my class. I think three will finish. I really do. We'll I see. really do. But yeah. I, I, I may be dead wrong. I've been wrong. I think the Farmers has been – Dante's really good at Farmers. That's probably his best event. So he yep. may not feel as crappy as us. But Farmers has been slapping me in the mouth, dude. I'm, if I if I finish the Farmers event, I'm going to be a happy man. I'm telling you right That's, now. My goal is to finish the Farmers. If I finish it, I will be a happy man. Me too. That's my goal. You just, you just got to find your pace. That's my problem. I'm good at farmers for fast, but never done it for 160 feet. To if I only had to run one set, I'd be a lot more confident. Oh, dude. And I'm I thinking about, you know, what sucks too is those convention center floors. You guys remember Roanoke last year? Mm-hmm. It's so, they're so slick. Yeah. So when you drop that farmers, dude, they're, they're, they can go four or five feet and one can there's go to the left and one can go to the right. There's rubber on the bottom of the farmers. Oh, there is. Yes. Oh, nice. it says that in the rules. So nice. Yeah, it says that there's no need for um, penalties for sliding. Nice. Because that's there is cool. rubber on the bottom of the farmers. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's why you read yep. the rules and you don't have. Yep. A, you're not an idiot. I've only read it like 73 times. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, I got slapped in the mouth yesterday. I found yeah. out my sandbag medley was two bags heavier than I thought it was. And Josh was like, oh, it's not going to be a big deal. I was like, dude, those I thought are I was going to finish bags. at nine seconds. And then Dante's like, no, dude, yours is yours is this heavy. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, that kind of. <laughs> but I did a comp run with it. I feel good. But, yeah, that's anything. If you're going to nationals, you're listening. Let us know. I if love you're a nurse, let us know. I always love meeting everyone at shows. Like I yeah, really same. do. It's it's crazy. No matter if it's a small local show or a big show, everything I t- one thing I take away from every show is that I meet new people, new friends. I stay in contact with on social media. I DM every week. Like it's it's awesome. So if you're in Nationals, you know, love to hang out. Come get dinner with us after day one or before, you know, and love to meet some of you guys I've talked to on Instagram. So I'm sure you guys are the same way. I agree. Um, I have a question for you guys, but also for, um, I, I need people to comment. And if you don't want to comment, so comment on YouTube. First off, it helps us out every video. If you guys like listening, drop a like, drop, drop a comment, subscribe if you're not, but this one, I actually want some input for pre-workout having a pre-workout company. And this is, I ha- there's a reason for me asking that I can't say yet, but what would you guys say is the most popular or the most loved pre-workout flavor? I'm not saying of, of obviously horsepower watermelons one and horsepower mixed berries one a in the industry as a whole. But I'm yeah. saying if it was just a blank tub that wasn't horsepower and it was just said pre-workout and had a flavor, what would, what, what is the most popular flavor or what is the most loved flavor that you guys would see i don't agree with it but i know a lot of people like blue raspberry i was gonna say that that has to be the most common i would hate blue raspberry but a lot of people like it i don't hate blue raspberry but i think it's so that it's done so much but isn't 
isn't that kind of proving your point? There's yeah, a reason for that. I would say now that was my second thought. I had fruit punch as my first. That's what I was gonna say. Fruit, fruit punch, punch is good too. It's those two, but like those two are neck and neck. Yeah. Blue raspberry and fruit punch are always like. But I feel right. like next berry is close enough to that already too. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. It. It's something that I'm. I'm working. I, I'm curious what if you guys had a pre workout and you could pick a flavor and don't pick like Skittle <laughs> unicorn. You know. You know stuff like that. Like a flavor that is feasible to accomplish. If we were gonna do a limited release, working with someone, something like that, maybe. What's a popular flavor? You can drop maybe your one, two, three. I want to get some ideas, so maybe I'll drop a pool on Instagram too. But if you're listening, drop it on our YouTube. Comment what your favorite pre-workout flavor is. If it's a blank tub, you walk up any given day, and what would you be the most pumped to see on as a pre-workout flavor? I'm curious to see what people would say. Yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously, like you said, the best pre-workout ever is 580 horsepower watermelon. So, yeah, um, and mixed berry. Yeah, but watermelon's better than mixed berry. Sorry, folks. see, I'm on a I'm on a mixed berry kick lately. Like, I've only been taking mixed berry. I'm I'm watermelon for the rest of my life until you beat it. I was thinking, base. like, I'm based. I know you baby. said don't get crazy, but for like a limited release thing, like I feel like people love like things that they know taste like something else like so like what you said not to say earlier like with the skills thing like people love shit like that like, if you can call it something i don't know if you have to actually use the name brand but yeah. it's like something like like swedish fish skittles like sour i have the ab- like people love stuff like that so i was curious about that because i have the ability i actually have it like queued up i have the ability to make a starburst flavor i think i have pink starburst as a flavor huh. but now I feel like Starburst could definitely come after me if I just call it Pink Starburst. I think I would have to call it like something else, like Pink, pink Star Blast. Yeah, Juicy yeah. Pink Candy. Yeah, Juicy Pink Candy, maybe. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound like a pre-workout. <laughs> that, that was a great sell. Look That's that. funny. I'll sell Juicy water pink. to an ocean, baby. Dude, so, <laughs> but you know what? That's actually just reminded me of something when you said that, Riley. One of my biggest goals is when we start to do because if you if you don't know we have a supplement. If you're just now, I always like to preface if it is like your first time listening. Um, we have a pre workout coming. You go five eighty barbo.com. It's on there, and of over the next couple of years, want to turn into a full blown supplement company. When I do whey protein, which is I want to do it. I would have done it by now, but I can't. The The market for it is so messed up right now. If, if you're in the industry and you, you understand, but for me to feasibly do pre-work, I mean, protein, just for the people that DM me about it all the time, because it is our most requested thing by far. When are you doing a protein? When are you doing protein? I want to do a high quality isolate whey protein. For me to feasibly put out a whey protein right now, I would have to sell it to you guys to break even for about $60 for 30 servings. Yeah, that just it's not, it can't do it. That just ain't going to work. It, it, it can't do it. Yeah. So I have to wait for the market to kind of go back to where it was. And it's just, you can't keep up with companies like Walmart to do an isolate for $18 right now because right. they're just so big. Right. Um. So I, I will do, a protein. I promise. I just, it has to be the right time. 
So, but what I was going to say, what I want to do for our first ever flavor of whey protein, which would be like a dream. And I don't know how it would work. I would love to partner with like a local company, like a Rosalind's or a, like, imagine like a Rosalind's chocolate whey protein. You know what I mean? Or like Kretschmar's like, yeah, like a Kretschmar's cookie butter donut. or something. Orem's Ooh, glazed donuts. Like an Orem's glazed whey, uh, whey, uh, glazed donut whey protein. I've I'm had a glazed donut protein before, and it was kind of disappointing. So if they can figure that out. Yeah, maybe. Just shitting on his parade. Dante still has PTSD from the food challenge for eating Orem's. No, I liked the Orem's. It was the, you know what, that threw me off. The you know what, the yeah, gravel shit. Um, that'd be cool though. That yeah, way you I'd... can tie in a local company too. Yeah, so, that would be sick. That's cool. But yeah. just some things to think about. Yeah. Um, do you guys have anything to talk about before uh, before we go into these questions? We got some good questions this week. I got a couple highlighted that I want to talk about. I don't know if I have anything else. Let's get together. Yeah, kind of. We're we're a month month left of training for nationals. That's like the focus for the next four weeks. Mm-hmm. It's time to start doing. What do you call it, Josh? The death march. Yeah. Yeah, it's that time. It's the end game. It's the end game. This is this is game. honestly like this is the first week that I felt the death march. Oh yeah, I felt it big time this week. Yeah. Yeah. Having well, you're starting step. to get heavier. You're starting to get up around comp weights for stuff, right? Like it, you're, you might have like two more weeks that are up around comp weight, and that's it. So, yeah. well, I mean, this is when you're really going to start feeling it, and then, oh yeah, the fatigue just accumulates, and you only got a few more weeks after that to fight through. So, the two days of training after my wedding were brutal. Training at different gyms while you're like banged up like that is just. Oh no, you did have that strict press PR. I did hit a strict press PR, which was very random, but I don't know. It still sucks. Yeah. But um, did you guys also see – this is completely random, but did you guys see – so the UFC fights were awesome last night. I don't know if you guys watched Diaz versus I Ferguson. didn't watch any of them. Dude, Diaz versus Ferguson was an all – it became an instant great in my opinion. Yeah. Immediately. Just such a great fight. But did you guys see Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell fought last night? I knew oh, they were playing. Like, I didn't know what it was. I saw, I Did saw you the see highlights. what happened? Yeah. No. no, I didn't. Adrian Peterson got knocked out so bad by Le'Veon Bell. Dude, it was like Jake. Do you remember when Jake Paul knocked out Nate Robinson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, dude, Adrian Peterson looked like both his knees left the arena. How bad he got Really? Well, it was the was craziest that, thing know? I've ever seen. They said they only sold 200 tickets to that fight. The I mean, state. Yeah. The stadium holds 22,000 people. Where was it at? Uh, I can't remember. Maybe New York. I might be wrong on that. Maybe New York. But they said that they only could sell 200 tickets, and they gave away over 1,000, and they were just letting people in last night. If they were smart, they would have done that like, through somebody else, but I don't know. I mean, competing against potentially Diaz's last ever UFC fight is tough. Like how much do you think Portnoy would have paid them to be the main event at Rough and Rowdy? Yeah, right. Honestly. A lot. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I didn't even when, know it was yesterday. Their PR sucks. I didn't. I didn't know it yeah. was yesterday either. I got sent the video this morning, dude. Le'Veon Bell, good for him. He knocked dude, crazy knockout. I can't believe that. Someone yeah. said it was the boxing match of the washed running backs. Yeah, yeah it was. But um, Riley, first question: 
It's, it's Steeler season too, boys. So good vibes only. Steeler season today. <laughs> I will say the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. If anyone's saved, oh, yeah, easy. Save this. Thank you, Riley. Save this right now. If any haters, doubters, trolls, <laughs> episode ninety-one, whatever timestamp we're at, Dante, save this. Steelers Aaron are making Smith. the playoffs this year. All right, when they don't, then what? What do you want me to do? <laughs> I don't know. I'll say I'm wrong. But they're not. It's not going to happen. Big of, big of you. Yeah, I'll say I'm wrong. You have to donate to uh, Acushire Stadium. No, hell, I feel good. Heinz Field, called the right name. Oh, no, I don't. I don't buy Heinz ketchup since it since it happened. I haven't bought Heinz ketchup since. Wow, you're a loser. That's. Uh, I mean, why little, would I? They turned their backs baby. on the city of Pittsburgh. Heinz baby, go ahead, you little sheep. So keep supporting Heinz ketchup. Little what sheep. Are you, what do you mean, Hunts? Go support a freaking. No, I, I get like a local organic ketchup. Yeah, it's probably shitty. And I'm too. not fat like you, Riley. I don't eat ketchup on every meal. I don't, I don't eat ketchup. I don't eat it on my fried meal. chicken for lunch. It's like Frank. I'm very got to have that ketchup. ketchup. <laughs> but, Riley, to focus. Yeah. This person specifically mm-hmm. wants your take on the picket Trubisky conundrum. I mean, I, I everyone knew they were starting Trubisky. Steelers don't just start a rookie quarterback. They never Yeah, have. but what? But what do you – but what's your take on it? I mean, I think it's a waste of a pick of a 25-year-old quarterback if you don't start him. Like, that's the reason you draft that guy. If you're going to have a guy and have him wait, then you draft the guy with higher upside. I don't I don't agree with – I don't know. I don't agree with that. But they, they, they didn't no, – no, they didn't ask for our opinion for Ollie. They asked yeah. for Come specific on. Nope. Why can't – they can talk. No. Why can't you talk? Ben, ben Pavernick specifically wanted Riley. I'm taking it out of the pod. I mean, I didn't want the, I didn't want them to pick Kenny Pickett, but when they did, I said they have to start him because but, the okay. reason you draft that guy is because he's NFL ready. But Riley, to to counter argue with you, okay, he's 25, right? Oh, so Josh is a lot of talk now. No, no I'm no, taking Fred, it out. I'm talk. taking it out. I'm taking it out. <laughs> yeah, why I'm taking it out. I'm taking it out. Anything that no, Riley doesn't say, no, no, I'm taking it out. Shut up. You're not taking it out. <laughs> All right, have fun talking. It's not going. You're not talking. You're not taking it out. To argue and for all you you speak to. But Riley's thought process is if they don't start a 25-year-old quarterback, it's a loss. But what happens if he sits for eight games and then comes in? So you got him. If he's good from 27 to 36, you got nine years out of a first-round pick. Is that a fail? Not everyone's going to be Big Ben. No one's Big Ben. That's true. Riley didn't start. Yeah, there you go. But Ben was also 22, I guess. But – but the only reason Ben came in is because Max got hurt. How long would he have sat if Max didn't get hurt? I guess we'll never know. But yeah, that's true. Until he screwed up. I like Mitch Trubisky. I like him. I really do like. They him. were always going to start him week one on the road, especially like on the road in division. They were always going to start Mitch Trubisky. It was I like road. Mitch. I'm going to root for whoever's the Steelers' quarterback. Me they too. got Trubisky on a two-year deal, relatively cheap. Okay, he's 27 Very years old. He's 27 years old, so he's only a few years older than Pickett. Okay, they sign him cheap. They bring him in. He is on a two-year deal. He plays well. I don't know. Let's say he plays well the whole year. Now you trade him off. He's worth something. Easy contract. You get something on the return. If he doesn't play well, you have a half-decent backup. Long-term, Pickett is their decision because you don't draft a quarterback in the first round if he's not the future or what you want to be the future. But Trubisky, his contract's so cheap, and they can get some kind of value. It's like an it's like a win win. There's not really a, a downside. They have two quarterbacks they can start right now, basically, and one of them is going to be a backup. Three, 
I said two. Oh, that's just there's your Steelers talk. They're making the playoffs. <clears throat> that's big time. Um, I guess you guys could answer this too because you're all there. But favorite part of your wedding last weekend? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what my favorite part was. Mr. I enjoyed time. I enjoyed that was Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside. Yeah, that brought was in, uh, I can't the whole thing was name. good. Whole thing went great. Yeah. Um, probably. I guess this is you, because I, I only saw it a little bit. You probably seen more. The new bench rules for the IPF. Yeah, they finally did something about it. So you can't wait. So your feet can't go on the bench. Feet can't go on the bench. What do you mean? I thought that someone said like for your setup. For your setup, you can't. Go. Oh, see, I haven't seen that. I didn't see that. I just saw they like for what for reference for people that don't know. If you're not familiar with powerlifting, there's like a in the IPF, which is one of the federations of powerlifting, International um, Powerlifting Federation, right? And you people will will contort their body to create an excessive arch in their back so that they're reducing the range of motion in their bench press so that they don't have to press as far but it's long been discussed and debated whether or not it's legitimate and a lot of people from like an eye test for the sport like people who aren't familiar with the sport will look at that and say that's not legal is it but realistically it is legal it's within the rules they're not doing anything wrong until now um the ipf created the rules and it now the elbow joint has to go below the shoulder joint in the press so it's almost like you're hitting depth on a bench press. And if it doesn't, it's not a legitimate bench. And I personally like it. That's cool. I didn't know anything about it. I just saw memes. I was just scrolling yeah. past. Like the – it's it, – I think it's long overdue. I really do. I don't think people did anything wrong by doing it because, again, it was within the it's rules. It's in the rules. But at a certain point, you write rules because people are doing things. And yeah. I think that – I think it helps the sport – be recognized a little bit more with a little bit more credibility since they're they're changing the rules. That's my opinion. Um recovery methods you guys use. Um You're looking I, at found, Raleigh's. I found literally just eating better. Me and Gray talked about that a lot last night is like I wish I knew about nutrition the way I do now. Yeah, because it it's it is harder to recover at our age now. The older you get, I wouldn't be able to recover if I ate like I would. I just fell into that trap in my early twenties of eating everything, and now I'm really. I think one really positive thing that's come into strength sports over the last couple of years has been the highlight on nutrition, mm-hmm. and I I think that's the best recovery method. Sleeping, trying sleep. to optimize your sleep. I mean, obviously, doing mobility stuff helps stretching your muscles out when they're tight. Um, but sleep and nutrition for sure. Um, um, making sure you're getting enough calories too. Like I think a lot of people are underfed. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's harder when you're a weight class athlete, but. Accessories, rotation. I like to rotate accessories every three weeks after three weeks. That's when I always rotate them for people. Um, but it's different for everyone. Yeah. You don't even need to necessarily change the accessory. You can change a rep scheme or something like that. And that's just what I've found. If it's working, don't change it. Um, my I'm going to answer the next. This is a good question. 
Um, people that power lifted prior to strongman, what was it like transitioning powerlifting to strongman? We literally just talked about this. I think me and Frawley talked about this offline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The biggest mistake I made for the longest time was I was still in that powerlifting mindset where I didn't need specificity as much in strongman. And when I, what I've learned is the closer you get to a comp, the more specific you need to be for the events. People don't like to hear it. People don't like to think you need to do the events every week. It really helps doing the events every week. I always, I never thought when I first started that that was right. Um, I just focused on compound lifts and did the events when I did them, not very frequently. It it helps a lot doing those events. Yeah, you have to do them. It's again, a power lifter does squat, bench, and deadlift, right? There's accessory yep. movements in there. Okay. Um, there's going to be things you're working on your weak points. There's going to be spots where you're trying to build up weak muscles, blah, blah, blah. But again, if you're going into a powerlifting meet, you do squat, bench, and deadlift. So yep. if you're a strong man, you need to do sandbag over shoulder, dead, axle deadlift, farmer deadlift, farmer runs. Like you can do some, like something that I've been working on a little bit this prep uh, is getting more bang for your buck movements. So like I've been doing a lot more penalty rows. I've been doing a lot more uh, squatting, but the squatting intensity is down because I have to stay um, more energized for my for the events, right? Because it doesn't do me any good to build a, a big squat right now, like Josh is saying. Um, so specificity is king. I agree with that. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I should have said it better, but like you're specific in powerlifting just by nature because you're always specific because you're always doing those lifts. Right. Or at least a variation of it. I'm not always doing arm over arm pull because in Strongman, there's 50 plus events that there can be. Right. So you can still train to like to get stronger. I mean, obviously, if you're if you're progressively overloading through a prep for these events, you're still going to get stronger. It may not be expressed the same way. So if you did a, a 500 pound squat and now you're doing a 525 pound squat, you, you know, but you might hit a sandbag you've never hit before. Mm-hmm. That's still getting stronger. I don't I don't necessarily like the motto that you can't get stronger during a prep. Because I hear, I hear I hear people say that, oh, I need an offseason to really get stronger. And I know what they mean. They're trying to say build a foundation of strength and get their foundation stronger. But like you, you should still be getting somewhat stronger through a prep. Like, oh, kinda, yeah. You, you know, the only time I tell people you don't get stronger two weeks out. You don't yeah, get stronger yeah. a week out. Right. That's all specificity. Like the people, especially a week out, that's the hardest thing to get through to a younger lifter or a. Um, less experienced lifter is that week before there's nothing you can do to get stronger. The only thing you can do is do things that'll aid your events. You can be stronger in the events because of what you do and don't do in the week before, but you can't actually add weight to your body. You can go in and do active recovery, open your hips, make sure you're good get a deep tissue massage seven to 10 days out. There's stuff you can do, but you can't go in and maxing a deadlift is only going to hurt you. Yeah. It doesn't do any good. You're not going to make yourself stronger, but you can sure as hell make yourself weaker. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a good question. I like it. But uh, I think, I think if you're, I think if you have a powerlifting background, you have to have some kind of athletic background too, though. Because if you just powerlift and like, don't do any moving at all, and didn't do any moving through your life, you're going to have a hard time adjusting. Um, That's my opinion. 
I agree with that. And it, and this is the last thing I'll say, and we'll wrap up for this week. Is um, they're different sports. Powerlifting and strongman get compared much more than a football player and a basketball player. Right. They're different sports. I mean, I get it's the nature of strength training. However, it's they're just different. They're just yeah. way different, and they both have their right. place. I love them both a lot. Um, but this is it's just different. It so, is. It's different. I mean, it's not. You, the, there are similarities, but like we can't look at a barbell back squat and compare it to a yoke squat and think that it's the same. You know, the deadlift is about as close as it gets. And realistically, in strongman, you're allowed to use straps, you're allowed to use two belts, you're allowed to use a suit a lot of times. It's different. It's just a different, it's a different sport. Right. And I mean, to compare the two, it's sure. There's similarities, but I just – I don't see how you can do it. Right. Well, great episode this week, boys. Glad to have us all back. Uh, hopefully, the rest of the way, we're pretty much uh, just the boys are back. But um, – In-person episode at Nationals again? Oh, yeah. We have to. Probably. We're not going to go to different rooms in Zoom. True. But, uh, but yeah, if you guys have anything you want to talk about, drop a comment. Let me know about that pre-workout. Like I was talking about, you guys can get pre-workout 580barbell.com, pre-workout tab. Um, and uh, we have merch up on the site. It'll ship to your house in like two to three days. Customize your color shirt, logo, whatever you guys want. It's up on the 580 site. So uh, I guess until episode 92, thank you guys all so much. And uh, we'll see you then. Peace. Later. Later.